This week on Inside Motorsport, we look at the Formula 3 Gold Star of 2014. I hope you'll stay with us. Son Hodge joins us on the line, and Simon, what a year it's been for you. The Gold Star Championship in Formula 3, congratulations. No, thank you very much, Greg, thank you. It's, um, it's been a huge year. We, we started out at Clipsal with... Um, no, no idea what to expect with my first year in Formula 3, so to, to come over the title is definitely a dream come true. When you were getting yourself prepared for a year like this, could you have set yourself some targets and, and how quickly did you have to revise them? Coming into Clipsal, we had a target for the year uh, finishing the championship uh, in a position. Uh, so we were, we were definitely aiming for, for somewhere in the top three, but had no idea until we got to the races first race at Clipsal, um, how competitive it would actually be. To come away with such a big lead after Clipsal, however, we started to um, revise things slightly and felt that the championship might be um, somewhat within reach. So um, from there, started to chase the championship um, a bit more... Um, bit more directly but from there things didn't quite work out so I went to Sandown and, and Bathurst for rounds two and three and uh, lost the championship lead and, and had to struggle and find a bit more pace but come Darwin for round four things started to look up a little bit. It's been an interesting year for the Gold Star and Formula 3 in general but there was the end of the Australian Formula Ford Championship in its uh, previous guise of course it was running a lot of the Shannon's Nationals rounds in a new format. Mm. To go into the Gold Star and Formula 3 in the way you have and now to, uh, hold, to hold that Gold Star title must be a fantastic feeling. It certainly is. And especially with the, the marketplace of Australian motorsport at the moment going the way it is, I feel that it's uh, it couldn't have come at a better time to, to take the title out, especially with Formula 4, uh, this new category leading into Formula 3. I, I believe this championship is uh, only going to go from strength to strength and uh, by rights it should. For you, now you're a Gold Star champion, what does that mean for your motor racing career? One of the most important things I could have on my resume going forward and uh, it doesn't matter where I, I look to from here, having that Gold Star on the resume certainly tops it and is absolutely crucial for me um, beginning negotiations with teams and um, sponsors and, and what have you. So um, it certainly couldn't have come at a better time for myself. Of course, uh, you don't just jump into Formula 3 and start winning championships like this. What's your background been? I raced karts um, locally and then, of course, nationally for four years um, uh, before moving to Formula Ford. I uh, had a crossover year in 2000 and, uh, 2011 between karts and Formula Ford, but from 2012-2013 I've contested the National Formula Ford Championship and uh, pretty much jumped straight into Formula 3 from there for, for this year. We did one round at the end of 2013, uh, the last round of the championship at Sandown, just to feel it out a little bit and uh, see how I'd, I'd like uh, an aero car. But um, it certainly suited me and my driving style, and it was great to come home to, to Team BRM, who I raced for in 2012. Um, so we felt that was the right way to go for this year, and uh, it seems to have paid off. And for next year, do you stay in the Gold Star? Do you look for... I, I, I Really, the next step is into some sort of uh, Porsche, isn't it, to move from the wings and slicks if you're not going to Europe? Mm, certainly. I feel 
anywhere else, if I won the European Formula 3 Championship, potentially the, the next step would be to look at something like GP3, GP2 or um, Indy Lights, if I, should I choose America. But in Australia, with the way things are structured here, you're absolutely right. Porsche is the natural progression from here within within Australia and it's something that we are looking very closely at not only for Australia but also for Asia um, of course with Porsche uh, Carrera Cup categories being uh, very very comparable if not exactly the same across the globe it gives me this flexibility that if I get on the top of the car here I can also go race in Asia America um, all across Europe in a Porsche and uh, be with the same gear Sponsorship-wise, are you in a position to perhaps pursue Formula 3 overseas? That's a, that's a very interesting question there. And personally, with the backers I've got at the moment, no. And I say that's interesting because Formula 3 and open-wheel racing is getting increasingly hard in an already very difficult market to try and sell not just a driver or a car, but the category itself, because... Anything outside of Formula One in open wheelers, people, the general public, and especially um, people within a marketing sector, really struggle to relate um, to anything wings and slicks apart from Formula One or, or Indy. So to try and present to them anything outside of that uh, circle, say a Formula Three, um, is very, very difficult um, for, for anyone not already involved in motorsport. So my back is at the moment potentially not very interested in, in, in going to Europe um, w- with any ambition of, of doing Formula 3. However, Porsche is, is certainly a much more recognised category. Anything really in the sedan, GT3 sort of marketplace is, is much more recognised. So from an e- economical point of view as well, that's certainly where I'll be uh, directed myself. We're talking about uh, Porsche, GT3, and their opportunities still to go to Europe there. You're not looking to get into a, a touring car or a V8 car, which then limits you to staying in Australia. Yeah, it, it certainly does. And should the Australian market be a little bit stronger as well with V8 supercars, that would be much more appealing to, to stay in Australia. But... When we've got guys, no offence to, to, to old, old Russell, but Russell Wingle's a classic example of an elderly gentleman that, that by rights is, is there on expertise, sure, and, and he's he's still doing a reasonable job, but he's taking up the seat that some may argue belongs to a young up-and-comer. And when when we've got such a strong development sector within Australian motorsport, it becomes very, very hard for us younger drivers to sit on our hands and... and continue to wait forever for a V8 supercar seat to become available, let alone start competing for it. So certainly the GT3 market across the globe is, is very, very strong. It bears a lot of resemblance straight away to road cars and it's um, very, very applicable. So it's certainly something that I think will be strong into the future and, and that's certainly why I'm, I'm looking at uh, the GT3 market for myself. With the Bathurst 12-hour and V8 supercar tay-to-tay that's going on in the background, you might think the V8 supercars are scared of GT3 as well. I believe uh, that's quite a fair comment, and I believe they should be, because you've got a big, heavy V8 supercar that chews several several litres of, of uh, E85 per lap. Uh, they're a fantastic car to watch, but realistically now, V8 supercars are there purely 
purely because of the entertainment value. And that's okay. As And they have realised that as opposed to Formula One who are trying to still walk the line between entertainment and relevance to um, the road car sector in their um, direction with hybrid drive and, and trying to follow with, with technology and so on and so forth. V8 supercars haven't done that. They've gone down the entertainment pathway, um, which leaves them exposed uh, to this, this question of, of uh, relevance. So within a few years, quite possibly we will see this big shift within V8 supercars. And I believe they should be very wary of a GT3 car that still are fairly close to what you can walk into a showroom and and buy. You know, wins on Sunday, sells on Monday is still potentially the case for a GT3, but it's no longer, a, maybe with the exception of what we've seen with the Volvo Polestar having a big influence on, on market sales, it's certainly... Um, a bit of a, an outlier in V8 supercars, but um, that old old philosophy, that, that the Bathurst philosophy, um, I believe, is uh, somewhat dead now. Well, Simon, congratulations on the Gold Star. It's been fascinating to have a chat with you. Look forward to seeing where the cards fall for 20, 2015. Uh, as do I, as do I. No, thank you for your time and thanks for the chat. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.